It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly to wall. Hello, are there still any Wizards fans out there, or have you all jumped onto the Sixers bandwagon? I hope not. Uh, This is Noah Getzel. I'm your host of Locked On Wizards here on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. We bring you news analysis, hot takes, and press room access, locker room access, five days a week, every Monday through Friday. That's on the Locked On Wizards podcast, which I host, and then we are here on Locked On Wizards episode of Dash Radio's Nothing But Nut Network channel, sorry, and that is uh, every Monday, Tuesday, and Friday night at 9 p.m., 8 p.m. Central. Just go to dashradio.com to check us out there. So, I'm Noah Getzel. I'm the Wizards Extra Beat Reporter. been covering this team for four years, and we are here with my dude, Danny Meltzer, tonight. Or Dan Meltzer, I'm sorry. You're trying to grow out of the Danny phase. I'm sorry. I keep calling you that, man. Uh, Danny knows... Oh, my God. Dan knows everything about the Wizards. He's a lifelong fan, currently working for the Bucks. He's a big NBA nerd. So, uh, today we'll be talking about... It's been a couple days since we last recorded. I had to kind of let some things sink in after the loss to the Cavaliers, and then that gruesome, horrifying, selfish loss to the Hawks. And, of course, we got word of the Kyrie Irving injury, too. So we're going to break down the Wizards, you know, letting those seven that 17-point lead slip away in the fourth quarter against Cleveland last Thursday, and then uh, the very next day, kind of dropping goose egg and uh, coming out totally flat, not passing the ball, not moving, not communicating, not even staying long enough to talk to reporters after the game on Friday against the Hawks, which they lost again uh, by 6, 103, 
97. And finally, we'll talk about um, a little bit of a preview of the Wizards-Celtics matchup here on Tuesday and what it means for Kyrie Irving to be out of the playoff picture and if anyone can compete with the Sixers at, at this stage right now. Of course, you know, the I think the, the Raptors are still the favorite. Well, actually, the Cavs, we'll talk about it, but I think the Cavs should be the favorite. Probably the Sixers, even though they don't have experience, they're probably the next ones knocking on the door. Who knows where the Wizards fit into that? Who knows if they can even, you know, jump the, the Milwaukee Bucks or Heat? We'll see what happens. Anyway, Dan, what's going on? How was Detroit this weekend? It was good, man. Caught a couple games in their new arena. Beautiful place. So, um, excited for the regular season to come to a closer. Get on with the playoffs this weekend. You were Which game did you see in Detroit? Uh, I saw Pistons Mavericks okay. on a Friday and then Red Wings Islanders last night. Oh, solid. We'll say... Yeah, Pistons Mavericks game was something special. Mavericks lineup for the fourth quarter and overtime was probably one of the worst I've ever seen in NBA uh, history. <laughs> Not, it was backups galore. Yeah, the two way players started had a great game. There was a Magic versus Mavericks game I think uh, last week, and the box score I didn't recognize like anyone on either team. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I'm like, oh, Yogi Ferrell, I know that guy, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, all these people him, scoring. But not in the clutch. What's that? They had Dennis Smith also that game, but uh, they didn't play the clutch minutes. They had crazy backups in the game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tank fest, but it's also development, as we've talked about in the past. You've been on the podcast a couple of times, and I want to start uh, with this Wizards-Cav game, because it kind of gave me some hope, but also kind of highlighted all of the issues that the Wizards have had this year. And one thing... I think that, like, a quote my dad used to always say that would just really make me pretty disappointed. (laughs) Well, he would say, like, Noah, I'm not angry with you. I'm just disappointed. And that's how I feel as a Wizards fan right now. Like, the days, it's kind of like the the five stages of death. And it's, it's not like, you know, you just grow to understand that this is what the Wizards are. Like, you're not gonna, even no matter how good the flashes look, it's it's not gonna last. And I think the Cavaliers game kind of showed that, you know, the, even at this stage, amid all the problems, the Wizards have, they're 6-13 and 13 since, like, March 1st, which is pretty terrible. Among all of the teams in the playoffs, that's the worst record. It's, like, 31% winning percentage. So I think it's, it's good to see that they can still compete with top-flight teams, but, man... Allowing the Cavs to go on that 32-11 to 11 run with just, what was it, seven and a half minutes to go, that's unbelievable. Um, what do you kind of attribute that to? Do you think Wall and Beal tried to do too much, shooting just two of nine in that fourth quarter? Do you think LeBron just realized you don't want to lose the game and, you know, scored or assisted every bucket after that? Or what do you, do you feel like it was poor coaching? What were some of the bigger issues um, as the Wizards closed out that game last Thursday? Sure. So like you said, blowing a, a 17-point lead with seven-plus minutes to go seems almost rather impossible and implausible. I was fortunate enough to see both you know, the Wizards and the Bucks do that in about a four-day span. Mm-hmm. Bucks did that in Denver last Sunday night. So it's a couple of things. LeBron being at the top of the list. The Wizards just absolutely crumbling. It's funny, though. You're right. It didn't seem totally unexpected or crazy. kind of seemed like that was always where the game was headed. And we just had to uh, build our hopes up to let us down more. Yeah, but they played really well because they were down. I think um, at first, you know, they rolled out with Gortat starting, and that immediately translated to 11 points in the first quarter for uh, Kevin Love. He was just hitting threes, and Gortat couldn't chase him. And I've got to double-check, but I think the Cavaliers in the first or second quarter 
they went up by about 15 points, and then the Wizards' defense just cl- totally clamped down, and they went with, like, a, I believe Markeith Morris and Mike Scott were in the game at the same time, I think, and so, you know, one of them was guarding LeBron, one of them was on Kevin Love, and it was a much better performance. Uh, I've got to double-check the stat sheet, but they outscored the, the uh, Cavs, like, 30 to 20 in the third quarter, something along those lines. I'll have to double check later. But anyway, yeah, Wizards had a, a good second quarter, a great, you know, start to the second half until it all collapsed. Do you yeah, think it's yes. better for the Wizards that they didn't win that game because they would have been, you know, tossing too much smack afterward if, if they had won and said, like, okay, whatever, we can beat the best team in the East? There's no way losing games at any point for this team is going to be helpful. I can't, I can't salvage that argument. Okay. It reminds me a lot the way the team looks. I'll say to John Wall coming back. Almost the similar like attitude and feeling of like the Warriors the last three, four weeks, saying the Warriors are six and ten or six and nine in the last fifteen. Their excuse being they know what the season's been all about all year. They've had injuries and who cares? It only matters for the playoffs for them. I'm not entirely sure how the uh, Wizards got a similar mentality when they haven't won anything. This is the time where we'd expect to see, okay, John Wall's back. The team looks more competent. Uh, only more questions, I guess, heading into the final games, and we'll see who they pull in the playoffs. But I don't think any Wizard fan is probably going to expect to win the series once yeah. it's Boston. And it feels like every time the Wizards lose now, nobody downright says it, but a lot of I feel like the sentiment is there. It's like, oh, of course the Wizards lost this game. Like, John Wall wasn't playing when you know they only had a win. I think his only win since coming back was against uh, the Hornet. And yeah, it's the like game. the Wizards were, they were solid. They were, I think, 14 and 11, 15 and 11 without John Wall. So how can you say that, like, he's the reason that you're losing games now when you were over 500 without him during his, his most recent span after that knee surgery? It's The losses aren't, I mean, the Cavaliers lost is one thing. They lost to the Hawks. Yeah, you know, they the lost Bulls. They lost a couple weeks ago. <laughs> they lost to the Bulls last week. Um it's I finally pulled up. I finally pulled up um, that third quarter score sheet. Um, it was thirty six twenty three. The Wizards outscored Cleveland in the third quarter. Also twenty eight to uh, twenty in the second quarter. After, yeah. but then you know to, to bookend the game, the Cavaliers dropped thirty nine points in the first quarter, thirty seven in the fourth, and ultimately one by four. Um, before and the they, Cavs they, did the same thing against the uh, Sixers a couple nights later, where they, got they were down by thirty two, right? And they almost came back. They cut it all the way to two at one point. Yeah, Larry um, Nance missed that tip, and LeBron. I mean, the bigger deal was LeBron missing the free throw. I don't even think he got fouled, but that that's for a different <laughs> time to to talk about it. Uh, so, any final thoughts on on the game versus the Cavaliers before we move on? Uh, no, I'm, I'd like to move on as, as soon as possible. <laughs> I think right. it shows that two things: one, this Wizards team four stretches, namely the second and third quarter of that game, can compete. Mm-hmm. They showed this, the potential. That's the current Eastern Conference. Uh, another thing I think it shows, just for whoever the Cavs play, that this Cavs team is in no way, you know, a powerhouse to any point where they should be expected to cruise to the playoffs. Though, gun to their head, probably they're the favorites for the East. Yeah. They're going to have to work for it. And, you know, we saw them losing to Philly the next night. I mean, you know, the Cavs might find themselves in the four spot, which well, means they're going to have to uh, probably have give up home court. Yeah, that would be tough if they'd have to beat the Raptors before they even get to the Eastern Conference Finals. But ultimately, it's the Cavaliers. What they do in the regular season is not that important. I know their defense has looked atrocious, but there's a whole different level. You know, LeBron James has not been playing. He's not been giving 100%. He knows about his body. He knows he's, what, 33 years old. He's not going to, you know, leave it all on the court during the regular season. It's just not, not that important at this stage. 
All right. Can you take so, out love for a minute? Just look at that roster. Mm-hmm. When you're playing them, I mean, like Jeff Green is such an important part of Kyle Korver, George Hill, Ronnie. These aren't even like Jose Calderon. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's like a staple Jose Calderon Hall of Famer. All right, uh, so we'll transition into an even mis- more disappointing game. Um, coming up later on the show uh, here on Locked On Wizards on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel, we are going to hear from Locked On Celtics host John Corrales, who's going to break down Kyrie Irving's season-ending knee injury. Uh, initially, we thought he would come back at you know the end of the, the first round of the playoffs or maybe the second round if the, the Celtics advanced. We're going to hear a lot more about that and, and talk about the impact coming up later on the show with John Corrales from Locked On Celtics uh, breaking that down. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right now, I want to talk about this totally demoralizing Hawks game the next day after the Wizards face the Cavaliers. And the big theme that came out after that from post-game quotes was that the Wizards were playing selfishly. And it isn't the first time that this has kind of been an issue and something discussed. So why do you think there are games where the Wizards just like, you know, they look so in tune, they're all committed defensively, everyone's helping each other out, they're getting like 30 assists, everyone's passing up good shots for even better shots, and then against a crappy opponent, they just totally drop the ball and... It looked like it was Bradley Beal against the entire Atlanta Hawks for a lot of this game. Uh, how yeah. is it just maturity at this stage? Do you think it's coaching? Like when you step back and look at the Wizards, what's the biggest downfall this season? Obviously, there's injuries. I mean, mainly John Wall, but I feel like it goes deeper. I think it's a well-constructed, talented roster. They've had games where they play well together, but when you lose to the very worst team in the Eastern Conference, when you're like a week away, two weeks away, or something from the playoffs starting. It just shows that, I don't know, that they didn't care about the game, would you say? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to get an answer to how you lose to the Hawks at this point of the year with those players on the court. You saw a couple of coaches, mainly Steve Kerr reminds me of earlier this week, him publicly bashing his team in the media. Uh, they that got was after they the lost to Phoenix or something? Indiana. It was a much uh, better team than Atlanta. And again, he's just using it motivation. They've even come out and said they've known this whole season just a build-up to the playoffs now their season begins. Again, the Wizards having that mentality shocks me because they haven't earned it. But I think as a Wizards fan, the only hope we can have is that there's a switch that they're going to turn on just because it's the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Right now, what the Wizards are doing is they're costing them seeding. Uh, flip side, better thing. We'll have a higher draft pick, I guess, this year. Just in time for Ernie to ruin it. But <laughs> it is troubling. Like If I'm Scott Brooks, he's got to be frustrated that they just lose to the Hawks, but they wouldn't take it seriously enough or be good enough professionals just to win a game, a playoff team has to have yeah. fighting for seeding. If the Hawks the, have no incentive to win. Yeah, if the Wizards were to lose in the first round, which is looking more and more likely every day, does Ernie finally get the axe, or is it going to be someone else? Like, would they <laughs> blow up the roster? Would it be... I doubt it could be uh, Scott Brooks, but I think they're probably not going to like have Cleveland at this stage. But if they lose to, say, like the Raptors, who are the number one seed, does that change things at all? Because it's like, okay, sure. we lost to the best team in the East, but we you know, only had such a crappy season like we were so awful that we only got the eighth seed effort they were what the fourth or fifth seed last year or something like that 49 yeah fourth seed last year yeah i mean 
this year has been all boys to make the playoffs, you know, fight for home court, probably win the division. And now it's, you know, who's going to get in with 43, 44 wins, barely. It's like the worst playoff team in either the East or the West. So, Absolutely, I think the Wizards fans should be frustrated by that. They seem their team not going anywhere. Um, the expectation was definitely to make the second round this year, push for the conference finals like we talked about. Right. I don't know how much you can do with that roster, seeing how much money is tied up into Wall, Beal, and Otto. Um, you do have one more year of Cortat. You do have you know one more year of Markeith and a couple other players. Kelly Oubre. So you have some expiring contracts. Kelly Oubre needs new contracts. You do have some... I guess, second-level players that you can move around. Um, but, yeah, who gets blamed for it at the end of the day? Ernie survived seemingly, you know, it's like four or five times where we probably said you got to fire him. If he was able to survive, like, the Andre Blatch, Jordan Crawford, Nick Young core era decisions pre-John Wall, then he'll probably be able to solve this. And then, again, if they go out, play the Celtics or – We'll have way less talent, so make it win and then lose to, say, Philly or Cleveland. I doubt that's enough to uh, move the needle one way or the other. Yeah, and I kind of look back at the, I believe it was the 2015-16 season where the Wizards missed the playoffs, and uh, Whitman lost his job, but Ernie, he flew under the radar, and Ted Leonsis just kept saying, oh, you know, we had more injuries than any other team this year in, in the Eastern Conference or whatever, so I'm sure it would be the exact same rhetoric. It's like, okay, we had a five-time All-Star who missed He's half been the, the GM season. for, since Jordan left, or left the presidential yeah, decision-making, so Ernie's close to 16, 17 seasons. The only I mean, people, I don't know exactly how many GMs have more time than that, but I guarantee they all have... Uh, Pat Riley, um, <laughs> RC... Buford, Buford, yeah, yeah. Danny Ainge a little bit longer than uh, yeah, what's in common with all what's in common with all those guys? Yeah, they've got rings. Yeah, exactly. So how's Ernie not even can't even get to the conference finals, let alone the finals, let alone win one? So what's even more frustrating about the Hawks' loss is that Dennis Schroeder wasn't even playing. I think some of their other key guys were out too. Baysmore's out. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they're they're playing guys like Isaiah Taylor. John Collins looked like a superstar. Turing Prince looked like an all star. Man. Yeah, I will say Torian Prince, who technically we uh, at least we played a hand the Hawks game. Torian Prince that was remnants of the Kelly Oubre uh, decision. Sorry, how do you mean? Because uh, it was the Jeremy Grant versus uh, Oubre trade, right, for the fifteenth pick? Because it was the Hawks pick. The Wizards trade Didn't the Hawks from pick up a um, they yeah. pick up a way to move up the following year. That might not be right because they definitely. What was the other part besides swapping Jeremy Grant? They got something to do that to move back in the draft when the Wizards got Oubre. Yeah, it might have been a different year's pick. I'd have to look up you yeah. know, the, the specifics of that. It's, it's tough as a fan just to see your team lose a game to... Well, we've seen it in the last couple... We've seen it all year long. Around the Wizards have done it. Yeah. The, the Heat just lost to the Knicks. The Bucks just lost to the Nets at home. I mean, the 6-8, through eight, now the Wizards are a full game back. Right. And the Heat have a tiebreaker on the Wizards. So I think, like you said, it's looking almost impossible. The Wizards are going to get up to six. Yeah. And then do, to, do you lose to, do you want to get seven? I mean, clearly you rather play them than Toronto or Philly. Yeah, for sure. I feel like Brad Stevens is just such a savant that it's not going to be easy. And I I don't know, like Philly has won 13 in a row, but I still feel like it's almost a toss-up to some degree, especially if uh, Marcus Smart is healthy again, just because he, he makes defensive plays and effort plays that enthuse the team so much that he's a real difference maker when he's back on the floor. And the Celtics haven't played bad without Kyrie, but I'd I'd have to Not say, like when you look at you know the top teams in the Eastern Conference, would you, in terms of the playoffs, would you say 
it's Cavs, Raptors, and then Sixers. Is that the pecking order? And then maybe Celtics after that? Yeah, absolutely. I'd put Celtics fourth. Okay. After the Cavs, Raptors, and Sixers. I mean, Sixers, the wild card there is Embiid's health for the playoffs. From what I've heard, you know, he might miss a couple of the first couple games. I mean, at this point next week, all the teams would have played at least their first playoff game. So if Embiid is another 10 to 14 days off, you know, he might miss first two, maybe three games. Seeing that the Sixers might be playing, you know, the Heat or the Bucks, I'm not sure, or the Wizards for that matter, any of those teams is going into Philly winning games one and two without Embiid, maybe a split there. So mm-hmm. Philly definitely, if Embiid ends up missing, you know, four or five games in the first round, not just two or three, then yeah, they're they're at risk. If Embiid's there, I mean, they're now into the fourth largest point differential. They're, all their advanced stats show this team is very, very, very good. Yeah, it's crazy. The they're not they made anywhere. No doubt. Um, going back to that 2015 draft day trade, uh, the Wizards gave up. So they had the number 19 pick. They traded it to Atlanta for their 15th pick, and then it just involved two second round picks. And then, uh, what, well, I, I've anything? got to double check what what pick Torian Prince was. He might have been a second. He was 12, round. I think. Oh, uh, never 12. mind. Okay, yeah, they got him. Yeah. Very different means. He was the year later. No, that was a. We just saw him in um, live Milwaukee. He put up like career high 38 points against us. Man, he's he's becoming really well. It's clear the Hawks do a good job of player development. Keeping their players there is a whole other uh, issue for them, but <laughs> I that's think a team that right now has just been for the last two or three months just mailing in lineups to, uh, to get to the end of the year. They showed some graphic on like NBA TV that was the only teams to miss the playoffs and then make the finals the very next year, and it was like the 2007-2008 Celtics team that picked up Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, the big and three, then, yep. uh, there was the Nets team. I think they added Vince Carter or something, and then they jumped into the finals and lost to the Lakers. There oh, were good, yeah. the Cavaliers when they got um, LeBron back, and some other like random team yeah. in the 70s, but... There, there's a lot of speculation now that like the Sixers could be there too. I really don't think they're making the, the finals this year. I just think experience is going to catch up to them. But I think we've been rambling a little bit after you know trying to talk about the Atlanta Hawks game and mentioning bas- next to nothing about it. It was just a... I mean, I wasn't at the game, but from everything I saw in terms of the coverage, players just did not want to be there. Uh, they they Only Tomas Sadaransky and Otto Porter talked to the media afterward, and basically they repeated, I don't know, I don't know, over and over when everyone's asking what's wrong with this team. <laughs> so, it, yeah, yes. we'll see how the Wizards come, come up uh, against the Celtics. And we're going to, you know, talk start talking about that now. You're going to hear from John Corrales in just a second. He We've had him on uh, the Locked on Wizards podcast once before, He's a really knowledgeable guy. It was uh, after the the Kyrie Irving torched the Wizards with back to back and one or not and one, but like he got fouled on two three pointers and to send it into overtime. And then in overtime, Marquise Morris was the culprit of both of those. So he's he's a good guy. Uh, John Corrales, you're gonna hear from him right now on Locked On Wizards here on Dash Radio, and he is talking about basically the impact of Kyrie Irving's injury and him missing the rest of the season and what it means for his Celtics. So listen up, and Dan Meltzer and I, Noah Getzel, will be right back. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients 
and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. John Corrales here from Locked On Celtics to talk about the breaking Kyrie Irving injury news. He is going to have surgery on his left knee to remove screws that were implanted in 2015 when he fractured his patella. Now, you might remember a few weeks ago, he had surgery on that same knee to remove a supporting wire that was also part of that same injury. Now what they have found is an infection at the site of the screws. So they're going back in. They're going to take the screws out. They're going to clear up the infection. The Celtics say his knee is structurally sound, but it's going to take four to five months for everything to recover and for him to get back to playing basketball. The Celtics focus has always been on next season, especially after the Gordon Hayward injury. But now they definitely will not have Kyrie Irving back for the playoffs. After the initial surgery, they had thought maybe he'd return at some point in the first or second round. Now that is out. So the immediate impact for the Boston Celtics is Terry Rozier is probably going to move into the starting point guard role, a role that he has served well for the Celtics so far in Kyrie's absence and in Marcus Smart's absence. They hope to get Marcus Smart back at some point in the first round. He's got he's had that thumb surgery to repair a torn tendon, so hopefully for the Celtics that he comes back, but immediately they will not have Kyrie Irving for this playoff run. It's going to be tough getting out of the first round for the Celtics. If they do and they get to a second round, that's going to be especially difficult. So I'm sure teams are going to start lining up hoping to play the Celtics in that second round. That specifically would be Cleveland. Long term, they say the knee is structurally sound and they hope to start next season with a healthy Gordon Hayward and a healthy Kyrie Irving. And the Celtics' priority has always been that. So... We'll see how that goes, but right now, there's no further damage. It's not another injury. It's not a separate thing. It's all part of the same thing to clear up what they had done to fix his knee in 2015, and this should remove every apparatus that was in there, and once that's out and healed and the infection is gone, Kyrie Irving should be good to go. We'll see. That's the breaking news. I'm John Corrales from Lockdown Celtics. All right, so that was John Corrales, and basically he said the Celtics are always just concerned about, you know, next year. What are we doing next year? They realized after Gordon Hayward's injury, this won't be the year that we make it to the finals or anything like that. I don't know why I said we. I'm definitely not a Celtics fan. (laughs) But I think the Celtics are just fine because they have the personnel. You know, they have the athletic wings. They've got Terry Rozier, who plays much better defense um, than Kyrie. Of course, he can't necessarily score in the playoffs the same way. But I think, where do you predict the Celtics are going to go? Let's just assume for a second that where we are in the the standings ends up being the same place where where, uh, the season's going to end. Do you think the Celtics win one series, win two two series? Let's recap what's going on in the standings right now. (laughs) Game up on the Wizards. He'd have tiebreaker on the Bucks. He'd have tiebreaker on the Wizards. Uh, Wizards have tiebreaker on the Bucks. So 
Bucks, if they end up tied with either of those teams, they're going down. Heat, believe, finish the year. Um, relatively difficult. They have to play the Thunder team tomorrow. Thunder, 100%. Need yeah. a win um, for the playoffs. I think the, the last the year game against is, the Raptors. Yeah, the Raptors won't be which, at all. Yeah, Raptors have no incentive in that game. Unless it's so, to get some positive momentum going into playoffs, but I don't. Yeah, I think they'll and the Raptors had a game tonight against someone low as well, so check out that box score to get a sense of if they're playing people. I'm not sure if they bench Larry DeRozan, don't play him in the fourth, whatever it is. Wouldn't expect a full Raptors team that final day there. Wizards, as we know, Celtics Magic, um, certainly two winnable games there. Bucks finish home against the Magic tomorrow. And then at Philly, again, Philly might have an incentive to play their players that night uh, to win the three seed, get past Cleveland. So, line up in the air. With, oh, wow. You know, Philly won 72 again. hours left in the season. Philly won yeah, again. Dallas the yeah, they're up to 50. Yeah. No Philly has on one other roster. Easy, I think they play the Hawks. They've got one other. Should be easy game uh, before finishing the year against the Bucks on Wednesday night. Raptors game today. I think they played Orlando. Uh, all right, so the Pacers beat the Hornets today. The oh man, the Celtics lost to the Hawks. Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, the Hawks Ra- are better than the Celtics and the Wizards. Raptors won. It looks like OG Anunoby uh, had his career high, twenty-one points. Did the Lowry and DeRozan even play? So it's like those guys that could easily use some rest. Lowry played. DeRozan, yeah, he he was resting. I think we'll have a clear sense after uh, tomorrow night. You know, because the Wizards play Tuesday, Wednesday, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So. Buckton Heat play tomorrow, Wednesday, so Wizards will know a little bit more going into their game against Boston on Tuesday. Okay, so let's say Boston wins their first round matchup, whether they're playing the Heat, the Wizards, or the Bucks, and then they would go against either the Sixers or Cavs in the next round, right? Yeah. So, so they're, they're probably going to be one and done, right? You, you predict the, the Celtics will be one and done, right? Yeah, I think everyone has to at this point. I mean, yeah. you were saying it when Gordon Hayward got hurt in the first five minutes. You know, it was, okay, you know, change your expectations. Then everyone kind of saw, wow, East is weak, Tatum and Jalen Brown are great, this team can win. And now that Kyrie's out, it's almost, there's two sides of the coin. One side for a Celtics fan has to be depression. You know, here's wasted. <laughs> Might be the easiest chance to win the East that we ever have. Yeah. Second time, it's allowed you to give a lot of yeah. uh, great opportunities for Terry and Terry Razier, Tatum, Jalen Brown. So they've got experience they never would have got. And if you're a Celtics fan, you probably feel pretty comfortable with knowing that Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, Tatum, Jalen Brown, like that core four, has a lot going on for it. Yeah. Are the Wizards going to snap their four-game losing streak, longest streak of the season, and beat the Celtics on Tuesday in Boston? They should. Boston has absolutely nothing to play for. Like They're in the two seed no matter what. We saw them lose to Atlanta. So the number one Um, thing for the Wizards to turn it around entering the playoffs is better defense, better effort, better just communication. The locker room obviously has some tensions. We kind of laughed and joked about it and thought, you know, the whole everybody eats. And when John Wall initially left and the team passing the ball, that was kind of just against John Wall. Now it seems like like refusing to talk to the media after a terrible loss. People, Scott Brooks calling selfish, like this going into the playoffs is not a good sign, you know, where there's fire, I think, at this time of year. Yeah, and I know every Wizards fan will be, you know, let's say they have a game to Celtics and they – Remember a couple of years ago against the Raptors, we swept the first two games on the way to sweeping the series in, you know, on the road mm-hmm. opponent, opponent's home court. Can the Wizards just sign Paul Pierce to, like, you know, through the rest of the season? I was going to say 10-day contract, but that's not going to be enough. He'd Can be he like, just sweep the, the Raptors once again? 
they need like someone to go into that locker room and hypnotize everyone and give them like trust fall exercises or something. Maybe yeah. yeah, you're right. They they need something to spark them. I I don't know what it's got to be like. John there might Hall be like a voodoo to... priestess coming in and <laughs> right. getting rid of. You've got some great <laughs> ideas. Spirits from the gun incident in the locker room. I don't know <laughs> what it is, but this team it, it's, it's semi laughable. I guess this just seems like another iteration in the Wizards chapter, the larger DC sports book. But there really is no reason that this team, based on the talent, shouldn't be you know competing with. Philly and Toronto, and better than Boston, especially without Kyrie and Gordon. Like, there really is no excuse at this point. I think it's Wizards fans. We almost expect bad things to happen. Certainly, yeah. I do. So it's just another, another example of it. Is there time to remedy it? You know, two weeks from now, could they play the Celtics that won the first round series, and they're headed against Philly, and everyone's thinking, well, Philly has no experience. Maybe this Wizards team could get past it. Absolutely, maybe that is what's happening, but. I think we're all heading down a, a darker version of the timeline, especially after this week's performance. Well, on that optimistic note, uh, I guess we'll we'll end this episode here of uh, Locked On Wizards on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel, station, whatever you want to call it. We'll be back tomorrow night at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central, and then Friday night, uh, same time. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, subscribe on Spotify, uh, Google Play, Anywhere you find your podcast, you can find us. Make sure to tune in on Twitter and visit LockedOnWizards.com or LockedOnSports.com for all of your NFL, NBA, MLB news. Dan, it's been a pleasure. I'm glad I had someone here to help diagnose all of these issues. And we'll see if anything changes for this team that's been on a roller coaster and is really in the, in the lowest of the low valleys right now. And that'll do it. Um, thank you, Dan. Absolutely, man. Have a great night. And uh, now this time next week, playoffs are here. The long grind of the regular season is finally over, and it's it's gonna get exciting one way or the other. Yes, sir. All right. Have a great night. members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.